It's the 3rd of February, 2020. This is the 14th episode of our podcast called Marriage. My name is Thomas. And I'm Marcia. You're welcome. Today we want to talk about the virus, the coronavirus that has broken out in China. We're still in China and a lot has been happening. So we just want to paint a picture of what, how things have been here, what we think about what's going on around us, and just in general talk about how we are dealing with it because as it is now, life isn't happening as it's always been. So we hope that this can be informative and also educative based on how we, um, based on the things that we've learned and how we've experienced things firsthand here in China. Wonderful. Okay, so first of all, I want to ask, babe, how, what do you think about this whole thing, the, the virus outbreak? We've seen the news, we've um, heard a lot about the virus, but what do you think? What do I think of the virus in general? Well, for me, things are more or less normal. <laughs> and I don't feel panicked. I feel almost guilty for how calm I feel. <laughs> um, and I'm actually in China, although I'm not, you know, I'm in the north and the origin of the virus Wuhan Hubei province is in the south. But um, yeah, there are some people sick here, but I don't know. I just feel normal. We do take some precautions. I don't know if you want me to bring them up right now, but. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just went to the market, for example. So people always wear masks in China anyway, you know, because of the pollution or just because it's cold. There's actually a culture of mask wearing here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not abnormal for people to wear masks. Although the difference now is that number one, a lot of times some of us foreigners are a little stubborn. We don't wear our masks. <laughs> like I don't, we're not used to that. Yeah. I don't normally wear a mask on a day-to-day -day basis. Only if it's like really high pollution um, outside, like it's visible and it's really stuffy. Um, so, but now like we just went to the market and I, and we both put on our masks and as long as we're outdoors, we or out and about, we wear our masks. Um, we wash our hands as soon as we get back into the house. And generally, we stay indoors more than before because not only because um, of the virus, but also actually because a lot of the places we like to frequent are either closed or have less, like have limited hours. Mm -hmm. And actually, for me, the reason why maybe I can't tell the difference between normal and abnormal is because all of this happened around the Chinese New Year Spring Festival time. And I know that things normally close around this time. And I don't know how long they close. I've never known how long places close. I think it varies, honestly, from place to place. Like Walmart has never closed over the holiday. And true now, even with the coronavirus, Walmart is still open, still stocked. So, but other places like the mall, I don't remember if the mall was closed this long um, before, but it's closed now. Uh, actually, who knows? It could be open again this week. The mall? Yeah. Pam was telling me that Spring Festival was over this past week. It was a full, like last week we was still, still spring, yeah. Yeah, spring Festival. So maybe today, Monday, maybe the mall is even open, but I don't know. Yeah. So. Could be open. Could be open. Yeah. I don't know. 
So, but yeah, some places have shorter hours and stuff. So basically, you've just been staying indoors a lot more just, you know, to be cautious, but also, again, because of the limitations on where we can even go. Um, there's something else I was going to say, but I forget. Yeah. <laughs> well, just to give a little bit of context, if maybe this is the first time somebody is listening to us, we are in the northeastern part of China. Changchun, Jilin Province. Changchun, the capital of Jilin Province. So we are pretty close to North Korea and Russia. So that little horn of China on the northeastern part. And the virus broke out in central China. I think the province is Hubei. Yeah. And then, yeah. So that whole area is heavily affected compared to where we are. We're doing better than those in the south and the central provinces in China. And most of the cities there have been shut down. So no one is really going in and no one is really coming out. And shops are closed. And there's a lot going on there, but our city here is still running. Some things are closed, some shops are closed, but for example, the transportation is still working, the buses are working, the train is working. No, they're quieter, less people are on it, but yeah, <laughs> but they are running. <laughs> they are still running. So yeah. if you wanted to go out somewhere, you could still go. But it, it just means you have to take the precautions, like cover yourself, um, avoid crowded places and all of that. Mm-hmm. So well, if you know anything about this coronavirus, it's similar to the SARS, right? I think that was in 2013. I'm so not going to try to give any education on it, babe. That's all I think you. It's, I think it's, it's helpful <laughs> to understand, yeah. So it's a respiratory disease causes pneumonia and other things and it's really lethal it's it spreads faster and it kills faster too so it's deadly and um i'm just trying to paint a picture of the whole thing so that we don't just get into talking about the virus and then maybe somebody is out there like what are you what's what's this virus so if you know the SARS from 2013 it's in the same it's the same virus essentially that causes this corona and actually, there is no official name for it as of yet, as of now. There's no name like they had a name for the SARS. Everyone is just calling the Wuhan virus or the coronavirus because it started from Wuhan. So we're doing fine. We're just hoping that things work. When I think about everything happening, I, I can't stop thinking about the doctors and the nurses because it's we're in the second week of the virus outbreak now, right? Yeah, so doctors have had to work for long hours. Nurses have had to work for long hours. And I just wonder how they're coping because it's traumatizing. (laughs) Well, yeah, I was definitely giving my own personal experience here being in the North. And one thing you also have said before is that we are in an especially cold place. So people honestly don't really go out that much in the winter anyway. I mean... We do in the sense like because northerners are used to it, but at the same time, it does get brutally cold. And yeah, it just it it would be different if it was up here probably than down there. But um, yeah, to your point in the actual place, 
where it started, the origin of the virus, Wuhan, Mm -hmm. things are worse. Like we have some um, acquaintances, people who were friends with us here in Changchun, and then they studied Chinese for a year in our city, and then they went down to Wuhan to do their university studies. And I've followed some of them on Facebook, and I've seen that their circumstance is much different. They're on lockdown at their schools. They're running out of food. There are not enough masks. Like what you were saying has reminded me of that. So especially for the Maybe for the medical workers, there aren't enough masks. Someone even wrote, which I don't know if it's 100% true because I haven't checked for myself. One of my old expat friends uh, said that one of her friends who's here, who's still here in China, she was here, but she left. Anyway, one of her friends who's still here said that there are no masks anywhere. Like you can't um, buy online anymore. Like Thomas and I went to the local pharmacy. They had run out of masks, but it wasn't really a huge deal. We found some in another place. But in Wuhan, like you can't find any at any store, and you also can't order any online, according to, according to, social media sources. <laughs> I want to be careful about what I say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I understand. I'm the panic and you know being scared and not knowing what this virus really is, especially for those in Wuhan and the places that are most mostly affected, because it's. It's scary. It's really scary to be in a state of panic like that when, you know, human beings, we naturally don't like confinement. Like, we are not beings that are confined. <laughs> Just stay here, don't go anywhere. And then your food is running out. And yeah, so I, I understand why people are panicking. But I think panicking in any situation doesn't help. It doesn't help solve the problem itself. It, it, it doesn't. In fact, it, it actually stalls coming up with solutions. It slows down things and it, it favors rumors and other things that don't help the situation. So we are more able to act in any crisis, in any problem as humans when we are able to stop, to ponder, to think. Even though we are going to you know, sense fear and the panic, but being able to still stand within that and say, what shall we do? What do we do now? Helps much more than speaking out of fear, speaking out of panic, speaking out of, you know, your anticipation of what things are going to be, what you feel like. Because people are, people have genuine health concerns. That's another thing that's been happening. People have respiratory disorders because there are heavy smokers here in China. So naturally, on a normal day, people go to the hospital to report cases like that, coughs, symptoms that are similar to the virus. So I feel like in the wake of the virus, everything is just slumped together. And (laughs) any slight symptom that a person, you know, exhibits is taking us, oh, he probably has a virus. And then we act out of that. And it it doesn't help. It It doesn't help. It's better to, you know calm down and think of ways of solving the problem, which is finding an antidote, coming out with a vaccine to help. That's that's the way to go, following the precautions, touch your face less, wash your hands regularly, and doing things like that. Yeah. And also exercising. That's personal exercising. So that you know your your immune system is active. When it's like that, even when the virus hits, it Your body is able to put up a defense. Mm. Yeah. 
I see you just opening up something. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't really prepared to like try to bring research facts and stuff. I really just wanted to talk about my or knew that I could talk about my personal experience. But I had questions running through my mind as you were talking. Like mm. to your point, a lot of people here have um what's the word? Uh disadvantages for lack of the word that I really am looking for. Mm. Um that would make them more susceptible to really suffering under this virus because like you said a lot of people here smoke the smoking mm -hmm. here is way heavier than where i come from at least yeah and smoking's terrible on your lungs and if your immune system's down and then you get the coronavirus and you get pneumonia which is an infection of the lungs like takes you down real fast yeah i mean yeah and then it, it got me wondering if all the deaths have actually been in china or if any of the people who traveled home to their home countries have also died um but i don't know the I don't know the answer to that question yet. I thought you'd talk more so I could try to find it. <laughs> <laughs> one person has died. There's been, outside of there's, China? Yeah, outside of China. There's, mm, there's oh, in the Philippines. Case. In the Philippines. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, this report is from like two hours ago. <laughs> or no, from last night. So, yeah. So people are more likely, I think, to struggle here because... Of pre-existing conditions. Yeah, they're predisposed. Yeah, and then especially, of course, in the place of origin is also where it would be worse, yeah. which the place of origin is also here in Wuhan. So I think that's something to consider. But I think it was interesting, you know, that I, I read today that America has declared a public health emergency because of the virus, but I don't know all the stats about what's going on in America, but... It sounds like they're very worried there. Meanwhile, I'm in China, but I'm in the <laughs> I'm in the north, so I feel like I don't know. But like I said, maybe I'm uh not taking it seriously enough or I don't know. Like I said, we take the precautions when we go out and even in the house we take the necessary precautions. We're always getting text messages and all kinds of information what to do from the government, from our school, from every source, from friends. And, you know, we're being safe, but at the same time, I kind of feel just okay. I feel safe. <laughs> I mean, as far as being an individual is concerned, how serious can you be? <laughs> like you said, I guess the, the next step after what we feel is panic, which is not very helpful. So Exactly. Yeah, so as far as on a, at a personal level, you just have to take precautions. Yeah. That's as serious as you can be. Mm-hmm. And on, on the government level, health officials, they, I, I believe I, and I would hope that they're also doing things that are in the best interest of the public. So if, for example, America declared um, a state of what? Emergency? Yeah. If they think that's what is wise, fine. But if that ends up creating more panic and leading to, you know, rush and other things like impulse buying, when really there is no cause to think that there is going to be a shortage of anything when people are going to start panicking, buying masks, just storing them up and doing things like that, then it doesn't help. Mm. It doesn't help. There, 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 there needs to be systems that can check and track people who think that maybe they're showing signs and symptoms mm. to, to know where to go, to know who to talk to. Those are the things that I think are necessary, uh, are important. And I will say, I mean, 
I think the most dangerous places to be are like places where people travel. And a lot of the people who have who, uh, who have the coronavirus in other provinces came directly from Wuhan. Mm-hmm. So I am cautious of like kind of traveling or being in the places where people travel. But thankfully, Thomas and I, I mean, we did have plans to travel locally and we we canceled that, but we didn't go anywhere. Like a lot of the teachers at my school went home. And now they're trying to like figure out if they can come back, when they can come back, how they can come back and stuff like that. And like, meanwhile, we've been very calm in our city. And I feel like there's those who traveled here by the time they came home, they knew that the the like over the Chinese New Year time, they knew the situation and they stayed home. Like my friend Stella, she just came from Shenzhen. And she was advised to stay home, and she has. And so, monitor herself. Yeah, so people who have traveled, they're they're home monitoring themselves for a week or two, for two weeks, I think. So for me, I feel good. If anything, I wonder, I'm curious, and I wonder, not exactly worried, but maybe cautious. I can't find the exact word I want. What it's going to be like when people start to return, if and Mm. when people start to return, so we've already gotten an announcement that the school, the education department has um, postponed yeah, the start of the next semester. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I was supposed to start February 24th, and now I don't know when we're going to start. And so I think they want to try their best to get things running again in a reasonable time. Yeah. But if not, honestly, then, <laughs> well, number one, when people come, it's going to be a little bit chaotic, I feel like. And they might have to take time for, to let people stay home and monitor themselves. And so things might start up really late. And if things keep getting worse, then maybe we would, I don't know, not have school this semester, which would really throw off everything because it's Thomas's very last semester before graduating from his program altogether. And we're supposed to move home. So for yeah. me, it would be happy, no problem. Like just miss the last semester of work. <laughs> but for him, it's a problem because if, if he can't do it now, then maybe he has to come back and do it later. And that's not something that I would want at all. So I pray that things get sorted out mm-hmm. and that we're able to start the semester. Most of our students personally in this city, you know, first of all, our city is not as affected as some other in our province as other provinces, number one. And number two, most of our students come from Shandong province. And most of our students, I don't think hardly any of our students, if any of our students come from Wuhan or from Hubei. So maybe just a handful. I think we could start without too much chaos, but I know the precaution is kind of province-wide and we're going to have to be at the mercy of, of that. So I don't know what to expect. That's the part I'm more so concerned about than actually necessarily getting sick or the spread of the disease, like to a ridiculous proportion. Yeah. But they have, they have devised a way of detecting whether or not a person has the virus. They started using that machine this week and it's been working. So they've been making installations at the airports. So they are, they're able to tell whether you have the virus. Mm. It takes time. Yes. So, People who are traveling now are advised to get to the airport like two to three hours before their flight. Even four. Because the process takes a long time. And if you are having layovers and you are, you know, you're arriving, you have to 
be aware of that because they're going to take you through that process. So I think for those who are going to travel back to China, there are systems in place to check that. Definitely. That thorough check to make sure to maybe take samples to check, 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 and check again. And then they let you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that's going to help, I think. I feel bad for them though more than ourselves. <laughs> I'm glad we it's didn't gonna travel. It's hectic. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be hectic. Not only it's, in China. And it might be expensive. Like some of them, I know for a fact that some of our my colleagues their flights got canceled. So now they're going to have to look for new flights and I'm sure it's going to be more expensive and it's just going to be chaotic at the airport like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's tricky. And they're going to have to come back eventually cuz all their things are here. So <laughs> Oh yeah, they're, they're gonna have to come back. <laughs> yeah, even if we have a semester off, they're gonna have to yeah, probably no come back. No matter how long, no matter how long it takes, they're definitely gonna have to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, that's the coronavirus update from us, firsthand account, but from the north. <laughs> this this Bloomberg article is pretty cool. It seems like they're updating it daily because today is February third, right? They updated yeah. it at twelve forty. So, according to the Bloomberg website there are 17,000 cases confirmed with 362 deaths but interestingly a lot one of the places that's been affected more is the u.s outside of china that is uh the u.s and australia Mm. yeah that's also interesting too i think that's is that um harbin yeah yeah harbin is more uh Affected too, so it kind of skipped over us. According to this map that we're looking at, the virus kind of skipped over our province, skipped over Shenyang. <laughs> yeah, went to the border province, and then went up to the northern border. Yeah, between China and Russia, Russia. shut its borders with China. And this place too is also lucky. I don't know what province that is, but they're yeah less affected, but they're kind of very near Wuhan. Yeah. Have you learned anything? Well. Have I learned anything? Most of all, I'm just very grateful. Number one, I'm grateful because I'm not sick. (laughs) Number two, I'm grateful because I was very stressed at the end of my semester and looking forward to this break. And the coronavirus just slowed down my life. Like, I feel that the vacation is going I feel it going by. It's not blinking by like, you know, you just blink your eyes and it's gone. I actually feel the days passing because when you're kind of home ridden or whatever, home bound. Home bound. Yeah. Then you're you're forced to like slow down. So we do, like I said, we try to go out, get some fresh air, get our groceries, whatever. But we're home quite a lot. And yeah, it just forces me to just be with myself, be with Thomas We've been learning, we've been watching documentaries, I'm taking a course online and reading the Bible. So I feel thankful that I just get to, you know, slow down a little bit. And then also, like we were reading about the locust, uh, like invasion in East East Africa. Africa. Yeah. And, you know, you read the comments of the news report and it's like, because I get all my news. (laughs) I get most of my news from either Google, Googling a website, like I found the Bloomberg article, or from YouTube. But we don't watch TV. We don't even have a TV in our apartment. So we don't really watch things live. 
So you can get the comments and everybody's like talking about, you know, the end of times and stuff. And I don't know, people always think it's the end of times and I don't really know. The Bible says no one knows the day nor the hour. It could be tomorrow, could be in 10 years, could be in a hundred. So I don't know if it's really the end of times, but I will say it's, it's a sobering time just to remind you, like Thomas has, Thomas and I, we did church at home because we're not able to go to church at the moment. And we were talking about, you know, Lord, it says in, where is that Proverbs? Lord, I don't remember where, but teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Psalm 90 verse 12. I knew it was Psalm. I knew it was Psalm. And the funny thing is that was in my reading today. <laughs> yeah. And my personal reading, I actually read that. But anyway, so yeah. So I think that's, it's, imp- it's a good time for sober reflection. The Bible tells us to be sober and vigilant. So just to consider that our days truly are numbered. We don't know when Jesus will come back. We don't know when we'll die. So, I mean, I have hope for the next life. Thank God. Thank Jesus for his blood. But even so, you know, death can be scary. It can be sudden. It can be, you know, um, mysterious. Like you don't know when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. So it's just good to always be sober and consider your life here on earth. Are you living for the Lord? You know, is God getting glory from your life? It's something I've pondered in this time. Good. Well, I think about the fragility of men, how vulnerable we are. And we are talking about organisms that we don't even see with our naked eyes. And they're just taking us down by the numbers, just like that. Mm -hmm. They're just attacking us without even knowing. That's strange. Seeing as we think of ourselves advanced, sophisticated, and in all those, you know, hardy ways that we like to think of ourselves. But really, we are not far from where we began. We are not far from where we fell. We're not. We're just hovering around the same place where we fell. And sometimes we feel like we're on top of things, but we don't know a lot of things. We don't know. We are so ignorant. We are so, we are just at the mercy of God. And that makes me humble. My heart definitely goes out to the families that have lost their family members. But I think it speaks more about the vulnerability of man, how man is nothing. Like really, just one thing can can just wipe us out. (laughs) Just like that, just like that. So just imagine that an organism like this virus or any other virus for that matter can attack the human race And then we become restless, we become almost hopeless, sometimes we become depressed. Just that, to just imagine the God of the universe, just just imagine the wrath of God on man. Like if we really got what we deserved, just imagine what that would be like if a simple organism can bring us on our knees like that, where we cry and (laughs) it's profound and it makes me humble, like I said. It makes me know that it's not the systems, really. It's not the advancement in medicine. It's not the sophisticated metals and machines that we use. None of them can save us. It's clear now. Like, if we could do something magically, just snap our fingers and then everything would be okay. 
we would all be fine. We would all be okay. We can't do that. We are not able to do that. So none of these things can save us. Even when they help us, we can how long it takes. Now they're talking about it's going to be three months at least to develop a new vaccine that maybe can fight the virus. And this virus is capable of mutating. So maybe by the time they develop a vaccine, the virus would be immune. So it's just what can save you? What really can save you? It's not your doctor. It's not your government. It's not your bankers. It doesn't matter how much money you have now. You could go to the hospital with this virus and there's there's no cure for it. <laughs> All they can do is just confine you, keep you somewhere and treat you for your symptoms. There's no cure for it. You could be the richest man. What are you going to do? And that's exactly what the Bible talks about when Jesus says, what shall it profit a man when he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? So if we can't even save our bodies like, like how we're feeling now, we can't save ourselves. Then who can save our souls? We can't even take care of our own bodies. So it just leads me back to the cross. It lets me know how nothing I am and how nothing we are and how we need God. We are in desperate need. Mankind is in desperate need. Our, our need for God is imminent. It's acute. Like we are gasping. We are dying for God. And sometimes I feel like we don't see it that way. But we do need God. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've learned about everything happening around us. And for once, I've, I've been watching my WeChat moments intentionally. And I see Chinese people posting, pray for China. (laughs) (laughs) And that tells me, wow, when the science has failed, when everything has failed, people know where to go. We know where life is. We know where salvation is. Even when no one is preaching, no one is telling anyone about God. People, I see people posting pictures of cartoons on their knees and they are not quoting any scripture. They are not saying anything. All they are saying is pray for China. And then they are posting pictures like that, which means subconsciously, in some ways, we know where life truly is. We know where to go when we are in need, when we are helpless. Our friend here, the the fruit guy, um, there was a guy here right across the street near us who sold fruits here, and we made friends with him. He's no longer here, but he's been posting such pictures. Mm. He's terrified, he told me. Mm. He is terrified. And I told him, well, let's all pray. We are in this together. And he said, yes, he's valued life. He's, he's talking a lot. He's saying a lot of things. <laughs> and then it makes me feel like, yeah, his heart is yearning for something greater than just even good health. Because he knows we were all in good health. Everything was moving on nice and fine. We didn't have anything to worry about as we're worrying now. But just one day, just one moment, Everything just went down. Chinese people were celebrating their new year. It was as though they were mourning. <laughs> During the Saturday last week, which was the new year. So that's that's what I've learned about this whole thing. And just about human fragility. Not only because of this virus outbreak, but that we are nothing. And we should be humble before God and let him be who he is. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to end with our scripture today 
from Psalm 46, verses 10 and 11. And it says that, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So despite everything happening, there is still hope. And we all pray and hope that things will come to a halt. And as the Bible says, there is time for everything. The sorrow, the mourning, the pain and everything is going to end. So the Bible says, weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We are hoping to see our morning, to enter into the rest of God and to cease from all this labor of pain and anxiety and hopelessness. Our thoughts are with those in Wuhan, those who had loss, who suffered losses, especially at the Chinese New Year time. Holiday time is really a tough time for a lot of people. Uh, even when the person who in their life who died didn't die during the holiday. Holidays are just hard. So if the person who you love died around the holidays, it makes it even harder to go through that time period. So we pray that the Lord would be with those who are mourning. We pray that the Lord would be with those who are abroad or out of the country with intentions to return back, that they would be safe in their travel, that they wouldn't get sick. And we pray for China overall, that the Lord would um, heal the land and relent from, or not relent, but just stop Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in that same psalm, it says that the Lord makes wars to cease. And that's the power that God has. So he can also make a virus to cease to spread. He can make the locusts go back to their home and cease from eating the crops. He can do everything and anything. So that's who we're praying to. That's who we trust and we leave you with that. Keep praying and we love you. <laughs>